the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. What does BB think about the condemnation? When the international community attacks Israel, they're actually encouraging Hamas to continue these attacks because Hamas says it's great. We're both killing Israeli civilians, and uh, unfortunately, some of our uh, and they're happy with their own civilian casualties because it gets that uh, the but, international community to focus their attacks on Israel instead of Hamas. That's wrong. Sure. It's both wrong and unproductive because but, actually, what it does is prolong the conflict and escalate and increase the number of casualties but, that uh, that happen as a result of the, the question, continuation Mr. of the conflict. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what's happening from the perspective of the Israeli prime minister. Here's what's happening from the perspective of Bernie Sanders. The Israeli government has evolved over the years into a pretty strong right-wing government. And their coalition now includes people who are overt racists. Of course. Of course. Cry racism. Then you don't have to have a discussion on the merits, or provide much in the way of detail. For more on all this, we're pleased to be joined for our weekly conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano, Vice President of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for International Studies at the Heritage Foundation, and author of the soon-to-be-released Brutal War, Jungle Fighting in Papua New Guinea, 1942. Jim, thanks for joining us. So, um, Bernie Sanders, uh, it's a right-wing government that's racist and Apparently, that's the source of the uh, the uh, conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians and Hamas specifically. Um, Hamas and the Islamic Jihad are terrorist groups. They're, they're actually identified as terrorist groups. Um, they're wildly anti-Semitic. Uh, they're tools of Iran. They they started this war, and I I really find it impossible that. Any organization or individual or public official could identify with them and and really escape the criticism that you're betting anti-Semitism, genocide, and terrorism. Not not I mean uh, because all those things are just factually true. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, uh, you know, I I I suppose I I we're we're here in this place routinely. Uh, although it seemed to be going the other direction under the previous administration, and that was helpful. Uh, and and again, as I sort of said at the outset, the D.C. press corps narrative and the narrative of uh, socialists like Bernie Sanders never changes. The antipathy towards Israel from the left in this country, whether it's the media or the Democrat Party, never ceases to uh, amaze. Look, I mean, you know, it is a very predictable narrative. It's Give me a story that allows me 
to claim that I'm a warm, cuddly person that's wrapping somebody in a blanket. And it doesn't matter what horrors or evil are perpetrated under that name because I have a narrative that gives me cover. And as long as that narrative lines up with my ability to destroy power structures and enemies I don't like and accumulates a power and authority to me, that's fine. So people shouldn't be surprised that the same people that would march in the streets uh, and cheer on Hamas and uh, Islamic Jihad are the same people that support BLM and Antifa. Um, and that they're, they're actually rooted in common extremist ideologies uh, that are anti-freedom, anti-democratic, don't believe in human rights. I mean, it's, you, you know, you look at the company that you keep and the company that you keep is authoritarian, anti-democratic, uh, and, and, uh, and, and wildly, um, uh, anti-Semitic and racist. It's, it's perfectly, so. it's perfectly tailored, right? People of color being oppressed, whether it's in East Jerusalem or a big city America, that's the story all the time. Yeah. I look, I, you know, I think this is going to be a big problem for the president. I mean, we, this is a coalition party that he rules that is made up with people that are all over the place, much much more diverse than, than the other side, and not diverse in a good way. I mean, there are people in the president's party that believe that the Middle East would be better off if it was run by the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood is a, a incredibly radical extremist organization which, which philosophically takes its roots from Nazi Germany, which is, is, the, is so... Um, I mean... You know, BLM and Antifa are fundamentally Maoist. I mean, they draw their beliefs from radical authoritarian uh, ideologies. And you know, looking at that somehow is that these are the forces of good in the world, that you know, no good can ever come of this. And, and this really, I think, does put the, the president's party at odds against itself. I mean, Israel is, you know, our, our most critical and crucial ally in the Middle East, it's also the key to unlocking peace and prosperity in the Middle East, as we saw with the normalization of relations between the Arabs um, and, and Israel. It's the future of the region, uh, not to mention it, these are people that deserve to, to, to have a life here. And, and you are siding with the other side. Remember, why is Hamas doing this? They know they can't win this war. They know they can't actually destroy Israel. They're only doing this for one purpose. There has to be dead Palestinian children bleeding out in the street. They have to have that because that justifies the struggle. Much in the way the IRA could not tolerate a Catholic and a, and a Protestant sitting at a table together and would kill them just to demonstrate that peace was intolerable. Islamic Jihad and Hamas have to demonstrate that peace is intolerable. And the only way they can do that is by death. And it doesn't matter whose death or misery it is. It doesn't matter if it's the enemy or your own people, because it's the struggle that gives you the right to exist. And if the struggle goes away, then all of a sudden your corruption, your murder, your power, your millions of dollars, your control over everything, that doesn't matter anymore. Well, what is Pre President Biden and his administration doing to try and get a ceasefire? They, besides talking about well, the leaders. Yeah, essentially they got in the Wayback Machine with Mr. Peabody and, and, and went back to the last decade 
and have this unshakable belief that there can only be peace in the Middle East unless there's a peace deal between the Palestinians and the Israelis, and that the United States can only broker peace if it is a truly neutral party and looks at both sides completely equal. It doesn't matter if one's a terrorist group uh, that is murdering innocent children and one's just defending itself. That's a failed formula that has failed forever, and reflexively going back and reinstituting that formula isn't going to do any better. And here's a problem. It's not just that they're reinstituting a diplomatic foreign policy that we know won't work because it's demonstrably proven to fail over and over again. There are actually people in the president's party cheating, cheering on for it to fail. They don't want a two-state solution either. They want the Israelis thrown into the sea. There are people in the president's party who believe that Israel does not have a right to exist. And they're actually willing to criticize their own president for even for even the milk toast approach that he's taken by just saying that Israel has a right to defend itself. I, I think this is a party that's going to tear itself apart if the longer this war goes on. You know, there's something, too, just uh, about this that's instructive. Uh, it's an, useful as a case study. Boy, Hamas terrorist organization, as you said, so designated by our State Department, including the State Department under this president. They really know how to give the D.C. press corps, what it needs to run with their angle on this uh, fighting. Well, they've set this up as this is about eviction proceedings in in Sheikh Jarrah when the, the, nothing of the sort is true. They're, they're, but but I mean, right. it's the perfect way to domesticate the issue for Democrat socialists in big cities. We, you know, forbearance on this and we're, we could we in here in Cook County, the sheriff's not going to evict anybody. So because that's a human rights issue, the right to have a home and the bad Israeli government is evicting people. First of all, it's not happening. Secondly, the matter is really a private is a, a land dispute between private parties. But but regardless, that that's the easy way for them to sell it locally to their constituents. Right, but but this is a a press corps that's been conditioned by how they how they've been told to respond to BLM and Antifa uh, and and other radical aspects of a progressive agenda. It's wrap it in a warm blanket and then ignore the evil part of this. And you know, again, even like the the AP. I mean, what why why did you have offices in a building that has the military office? of a terrorist organization. Why, why did you think that was a good idea? Um, I wanted to get your reaction to uh, one other matter unrelated to this. This uh, Space Force commander that was fired, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, he was on a podcast talking about this book that he's written about Marxism. And uh, he talked about what was going on in uh, the military. He said, since taking command as a commander about 10 months ago, I saw what I consider fundamentally incompatible and competing narratives of what America was, is, and should be. This wasn't just prolific in social media or throughout the country during the past year. It was spreading throughout the U.S. military, and I had recognized those narratives as being Marxist in nature. And he's been, uh, as I said, fired from his post. Um, what's the what, what's the, the latitude that a... Uh, a military officer has to write, to comment, um, or should have? I mean, is that something where, hey, he knew what the risks were and he crossed the line, or is this something that is problematic in terms of military culture from your perspective? Well, if you are in uniform um, and and you go to public a book, it does have to, have to go through review from um, the U.S. government. 
So, uh, I, and I don't know the specifics of the case. So, so I don't know, you know, legally what kind of under the Uniform Code of Military Justice what he may or may not have, you know, done. So I will speak broadly on this issue, which is the military should not be dragged into essentially what are partisan, cultural, ideological fights. The, the military only has one culture, and that culture is selfless service to the nation, period. All these other trappings of political agendas, whether it's climate change or gender issues or critical race theory, they're completely inappropriate. We have a long history of people trying to culturally inculcate people in the military. It never ends well. And the reason for that is, you know, culture and politics are kissing cousins. When you start to put a specific spin on this, you start to put a political tinge on that. And if it's anything other than patriotism and selfless service, and everybody in uniform is exactly the same color, gender, and everything else, you know, and, and all that matters is the uniform, and you're serving in the military, and you're serving your country, and you're serving the Constitution, anything you layer on top of that gets to be pretty problematic. And what we have here is an administration with incredibly aggressive partisan agenda, which is rooted in, in radical ideologies. It's, it's, it's way beyond civics and good governance. It's pure ideological politics. Critical race theory is, is, is radical political propaganda. And permitting and encouraging that in the military is absolutely beyond the pale. No administration should do that from any political quarter. So I'm completely sympathetic with his concerns. You know, what his legal obligations are under UCMJ. I don't know because I haven't looked at the specifics of the case. Lieutenant Colonel Jim Carafano, VP of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for International Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Pick up the book. It's coming out. Brutal War, Jungle Fighting in Papua New Guinea, 1942. Jim, thanks as always. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Jerry Boyer. Take a few minutes and join me for the first episode of my new podcast, Meeting of Minds with Jerry Boyer, where I interviewed the brilliant tech entrepreneur and thinker, Peter Thiel. The idea of a victim, the idea that victims exist, it, it comes from Judeo-Christianity and nowhere else. You know, if you, if you sort of imagine Christ in the time of Pontius Pilate, if he had told Pilate, you know, I am a victim, this would have made no sense whatsoever. Pilate would have said, no, are you a Roman citizen or not? Here's Teal on victimhood. The idea that you were a victim made no sense at all. And it's um, maybe deformed, maybe gone crazy in modernity where we talk about victims and nothing else. To hear Teal on atheism, the Bible, Jesus, the cross and resurrection, political correctness and violence, and a whole lot more, go to meetingofmindspodcast.com. Listen, subscribe, and share. That's meetingofmindspodcast.com.